For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome into the TD Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demacos, Jamie Eisner, Jake Arians back talking wide receivers. We've already ranked quarterbacks. We've already ranked running backs. And if you want to check those out, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Check it out on Stitcher. Uh, go read scoutfantasysports.com and you'll see those podcasts, including a NFC gambling special that we did on Friday, which was a lot of fun. And Jamie and Jake agreed on a lot of stuff and disagreed on some other things. So you'll definitely have to check that out as well. But let's start off, guys, here. This is an easy one since all three of us agree. So I'm just going to quickly start off with Antonio Brown. And I think we could move right along unless you guys want to talk about how great Antonio Brown is. That one's as easy as they come. New offensive coordinator, yes. Same production, doesn't matter. He's number one on the board. He's been the king of fantasy wide receivers for four years now. There's really no reason to overthink this. Yeah, please don't get cute. Uh, that's my advice. DeAndre Hopkins, number two. A lot of lists have him as the number one guy. I think they're – listen, you get either one of these guys, you're sitting pretty. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins across the board, number two for all of us. Quick thoughts on him. I've had him the last couple of years, and I wish I had Antonio Brown, so there's no way in hell I'm putting him number one. I think you could start looking at three or four other guys getting into this number two position, but I think it's target dependent, and he always puts up big numbers, huge hands, very, very reliable huge catch radius and he'll score some touchdowns. Now, a lot of that's going to be dependent on how well the quarterback plays, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, he, he finished last year as the number two wide receiver in fantasy points per game. He, he was still very productive even when Deshaun Watson went down. So I'm not as worried about him as I was in years prior where Brandon Whedon and Tom Savage were trying to kill his career. But to me, there's no way I can make an argument to put him above Antonio Brown, although I don't think any of us would be shocked if he does end up finishing as a number one wide receiver. He is that talented. Yeah, and Deshaun Watson's that talented. I think if they if that combo stays healthy all season long, that could be a very, very fun tandem to watch going forward. And DeAndre Hopkins, it's worth noting, has always been a top-tier wide receiver, even with Scrubs throwing him the football. So moving right along, Odell Beckham Jr. I have him three. Jamie has him three. Jake, I'll let you go. What are your thoughts on o- on OBJ this year? I know you're high on the Giants. I am very high on the Giants, and I'm always high on OBJ, but it doesn't go through him. It's going to go through Saquon Barkley. Now, I think that's going to be huge for his big play potential. I don't think it's going to be huge for his PPR numbers. I think his targets will be down a little bit. I think his total catches may be down a little bit. I think the touchdowns may be up. I think there's a lot of big plays in his future. These next couple guys we're going to talk about, I've lowered just a little bit because they have so many other weapons on their team. Sterling Shepard back healthy, uh, Evan Ingram healthy. I just think it's all going to benefit him, but I don't know if it's going to benefit him in total number of catches or PPR. I think you can get some other stuff, especially where you're going to have to take him. I mean, that's the ultimate flash guy that everybody wants on their team. You're going to have to take him really high to get him. I think you get better production, or not production, but I think you get better value from some other guys down here. And there's some injury risk here with Odell Beckham that you just have to deal with. And, you know, he's going in a lot of leagues. He's going either late in the first round or very early in the second round. That That's a, that's a big commitment fantasy capital-wise for somebody that has an injury history. But when he plays, he's been he's been awesome. Last three years, average fantasy points per game among receivers, third, sixth, and third. So when he plays, he's productive. For sure. I like 
The difference for me between the first two and the third is huge. Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins is like lock and load, don't worry, have no issues. From here on, it's a different. That's my tier one. Everything else drops off. Uh, number four, Julio Jones, a guy who, I mean, every, each and every year that he's been playing, he's been good. The My only reason I have him four is because there are a lot of people to throw the ball to in Atlanta. Jamie, I'll let you go first. Here, thoughts on Julio Jones. But are there a lot of good people to throw the ball to in Atlanta? Again, I, I'm not sold yet that on year one, Calvin Ridley is going to be a, a great player. Austin Hooper has flashed here and there, but again, I'm not, I don't think he's a premier tight end option. It, he wasn't quite as good last year without Kyle Shanahan. Nothing about the Falcons offense was quite as good, but he's still a, a he's still a star. He's still clearly going to finish in the top among top 10 among wide receivers. He's a pretty safe pick here with some upside to finish in the top three. Jake? Another injury concern for me, I think Calvin really is going to have a big year. Don't forget Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman. Oh, and by the way, that guy, Muhammad Sanu, who's a beast, who never gets any credit, who's really good in the red zone, that Matt Ryan loves inside the five or the six, who steals touchdowns from Julio Jones. I've got him at six uh, because I think his targets, a lot like OBJ, will be down just a little bit. Safe pick, a little bit injury concern there for me too. Uh, but he's going to put up monster numbers. He's going to make big plays. There's some guys we're about to talk about. I, I think you could get in the second or third, maybe even the fourth round, that make a lot more sense than trying to, to reach on some of these. I agree with Paige on those first two guys, and then it kind of drops off into some muddled up stuff here. Yeah, it's 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 how it is with the running backs have a few more in that top tier where you feel really comfortable. With the wide receivers, I feel comfortable with the first two. And then, to me, it's a huge drop-off. The next guy I actually love, and across the board, all of us have him five, and that's Keenan Allen. I like Keenan Allen a lot. I like this offense a lot. Jamie, I'll let you go first. What are your thoughts on Keenan Allen? Supremely talented. Rivers loves to get him the ball. And quite frankly, when he's not injured, he has proven to be an elite fantasy wide receiver. And I just I don't know what more we need to see from him. If he's on the field and he's healthy, he's going to finish in the top five. Big-time offense, big-time quarterback. The quarterback loves him. I love this guy's run-after-the-catch ability. I didn't know that he had that early in his career, but he'll, he'll being healthy last year, he really proved the run-after-the-catch is he's a freak. Uh, I, I love him. I think he's going to have a monster year. I think this offense, I think this team is going to be really good. All right, the next guy on the list, 6-6 six and six for myself and Jamie, that's Michael Thomas. Jake, you have him a little earlier, so I'll let you talk about Michael Thomas. Uh, I, I like Michael Thomas. I think you're a little too high on him, but I wouldn't be surprised if I saw him there. Yeah, I mean, I didn't go off analytics on this. I went off of I love Drew Brees. I love this offense. I think early in the season they're going to throw it a little more. I just think he's a breakout star waiting to happen. He's got all the tools to be an absolute freak. And where OBJ and Julio are also the number one targets on their team, I think this guy is going to get more targets from Drew Brees. And – where they ran it a lot last year. I don't think they're going to run it as much. I love Sean Payton. He never does the same thing two years in a row. He's an absolute creative genius. I think Michael Thomas is going to be the beneficiary of a lot of that. Less competition there in New Orleans than in years past for Michael Thomas. Obviously no Ingram in the first four weeks, so we might see, even if it's not the whole season, maybe early in the season, as Jake's point on a previous podcast, if they're throwing the ball really well early in the season without Ingram, why would they stop just because Ingram comes back? They can be a balanced offense. They can be a Super Bowl contender. Uh, again, you're splitting hairs here at the top six, three. These are all talented players. But I think you're looking at this like three through six, probably the next guy at number seven is kind of that next tier yeah. uh, underneath Brown and Hopkins. Yeah, tier two, tier three. These are these are the next couple of guys we're getting into all across the board. A.J. Green, number seven. I think we all love A.J. Green. I think last season was 
<laughs> was horrible for that entire team. And I envisioned that, well, there isn't any way that it could possibly be that worse again. AJ Green is a star. He's a elite wide receiver and has potential at seven to end up being that guy who ends up being right behind Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. So I like his value at seven. Jamie? Yeah, I, I do too, because he's finished a couple of years in the top five. He's also finished the last two of the last three years outside of the top ten. So you have to know what you're getting here. And ultimately you're relying on Andy Dalton and the Bengals offense to get him the ball. Maybe John Ross playing, which again, I'm still not a guarantee, maybe frees up something else for AJ Green, but he's a pretty safe pick here. I'm just I'm not sure he has the same upside as I would give Keaton Allen and Michael Thomas. Jake? Not quite, but at seven and where you're going to get him this year, you have to be ecstatic. Uh, you cannot defend this team the same way you've done in the past where you could always roll a safety that way and A.J. Green still has to make plays to get his catches. If John Ross is healthy, and that is an if, but if he is, he's taking the top off and you cannot not roll a safety that direction. Joe Mixon is going to have a monster year. This is one of my bounce-back teams, especially offensively. I think the biggest beneficiary of that is A.J. Green going back to – either one guy in zone or playing man-to-man, which you're always going to take him over just about any corner in the league. If you can get him as the seventh receiver off the board, you got to be jumping for joy. Number eight across the board, Devontae Adams. I got two words, Aaron Rodgers. That's all you need to know. Yep. I mean, he's, he's the go-to target in Green Bay. He's been productive. He's been a top 10 wide receiver each of the last two years in points per game basis. Little touchdown dependent, more so than even the, the top seven wide receivers, which is why I think he's at the beginning of this next tier here. But again, you're not going to go wrong getting him a couple rounds in the, what ends up being what second or third round. The best part of this too, Jake, Jordy Nelson gone. So Devontae Adams' stock goes up. What are your thoughts on Devontae Adams this year? Just took the words right out of my mouth. Jordy Nelson gone, which was that red zone target for Aaron Rodgers, his security blanket. It would not surprise me if Devontae Adams finishes top three this season if he and Aaron Rodgers both stay healthy. He's going to have a monster year. His run after the catch ability, again, is huge. But he's now the guy. Who's the running back in, in Green Bay? Who the hell cares? It's Aaron Rodgers. It's now Devontae Adams. He got paid. He's the number one guy, which means he's Aaron Rodgers' number one guy. At that, enough said. I mean, if you get him as the eighth guy off the board, a lot like we just talked about with A.J. Green, man, you got to be – I might take him higher than that in my league. I'm sitting here talking myself into it. Uh, I just think he's going to have a monster yeah. year. No, a lot of upside when the best quarterback in the league is throwing you the football and you are now the number one option. Number nine for me and for Jamie is Stephon Diggs. Jamie, I'll let you go first here. I like Stephon Diggs a lot. I like this offense a lot. I like Kirk Cousins throwing him the ball. And the preseason has only solidified what I already thought about this tandem. Absolutely. And, and I think when you come to this pick, you're having to make a decision. here. You're having to hedge your bets. So are you going to go with Stephon Diggs? You can go with Adam Thielen. We actually have a few spots lower. Uh, Thielen had an unbelievable connection with Case Keenum. I think Stephon Diggs had a better connection with the other quarterbacks that played there. Uh, you don't want to read too much in the preseason because when you do start to do that, people start telling you that Christian Kirk is a number two wide receiver in fantasy, <laughs> as I've started to see on Twitter. Uh, but he has a connection with Kirk Cousins. I think this offense is going to be a little bit more, a little bit more vertical. Both these receivers are going to be excellent. But I'm just going to go with Stephon Diggs, who I think has been a little bit more consistent with different quarterbacks over the last couple of years than Adam Thielen's been. Jake, your thoughts on Stephon Diggs? Yeah, I've got him a little bit lower. I had him last year, and I wish I would have had Thielen, but I think exactly what you're talking about, it goes back to the relationship with the quarterback. I don't know that we can read anything into a couple preseason games and his relationship with Kirk Cousins. I think they're both going to have big years. I've got Diggs at 11. Um, I think, this, I think this again, this team is going to be really good. This offense is going to be really good. I think they're going to throw it a lot more 
then they're going to try to run it. I think they're going to run it as a secondary option and, and set that up by throwing the ball. It's going to go through Kirk Cousins, and I think both of those guys would be phenomenal options for you to have on your team. Yeah, both those guys are in my top 15. I like both. I just like Diggs a little bit more with Kirk Cousins. If Case Keenum was still there, I'd probably be ranking, ranking Thielen a little higher. Number 10. I think some of it comes down to you like, you like Diggs more of a receiver, period. I mean, Diggs is a better yeah, player. Than yep, yep. So, I mean, he's got more, more big play potential. I mean, that to me, that just ranks him a little higher, period. Yeah, no, I would 100% agree with that. Uh, finishing off the top 10, T.Y. Hilton, for me, rounds out the top 10. Uh, you two both have him one spot higher. Jake has him a little higher. Jamie has him a little lower. What I love about T.Y. Hilton is a healthy Andrew Luck. That's all I need to say. Uh, I'll watch him again on Monday night. Tonight they have a preseason game, see what Andrew Luck looks like. But if Andrew Luck is fully healthy and plays the whole season, T.Y. Hilton is a – his threat ability becomes a, a, easily a top five guy that he could end up being. So that's that's my thoughts on T.Y. Hilton, and I if Andrew Luck stays healthy – I love him. Jamie, I'll let you talk about T.Y. Hill. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to own any Colts players this year. Okay. Uh, to me, I, I still – I love Andrew Luck. I have no questions about his talent level. He is an elite passer. But I'm not ready after two preseason games, after not seeing him for 500 and whatever amount of days it was, that I'm just going to assume he's going to play 16 games and that Colts offense is going to start humming again. Um, T.Y. Hilton, obviously with a healthy luck, can be a top 10 wide receiver. We saw it a couple years ago. He finished seventh among wide receivers in fantasy points per game. But without him last year, he was 40th. And so to me, that's way too much of a risk for me to take in the top 10. He could, again, I would not be shocked if he finishes the season fifth, sixth, or seventh, but I'm not willing to take that risk at at the top 10 of my wide receiver board. Jake, I know you love Andrew Luck. What are your thoughts on T.Y. Hilton? I love T.Y. as well. I don't think he gets anywhere near the credit he deserves in a lot of that because Andrew hasn't played in a while. I'm going to take you guys a little step deeper past the fantasy analytics and talk about two guys that are really good friends. They have a chemistry together on the field, off the field. They've been together for, what, five, six years now. Uh, I think all of that, when Andrew coming back, re-motivates T.Y., I'd taken a little bit of a flyer putting him at nine, but I'm going off a of potential here and what I know a little bit behind the scenes more than maybe what Jamie's rationale makes a lot of sense. But I'm just I'm going to put him here a little bit higher and just gonna take a little bit of a flyer because I, I think the potential is there to have a big year. Oh, the potential's there. Oh, the we upside's there. I mean, again, he, he could finish in the top five if Luck's healthy because Luck's talented. T.Y. is extremely talented. I just get concerned that if I get eight or ten games out of Andrew Luck, I'm wondering what, what I'm going to be at for the fantasy playoffs with him. Yep. Uh, number 11 on my list, uh, Mike Evans. I had Mike Evans two seasons ago, and he was unbelievable. Last season was not the same player, but that was a reflection of that offense. That's why he's outside of my top 10. I've seen him as as high as six on some list, which I think is ludicrous considering Jameis Winston is not playing the first three games of the season. Jamie, I'll let you talk about Mike Evans first. I like him. I like his upside, but he has to be out of the top 10 for me just solely based off the fact that Jameis Winston is not playing the first couple games. Well, he's 13th for me, and that's that's not a reflection of his talent. He is an unbelievable talent. He's an athletic freak. But Jameis is not playing, as you mentioned, the first three weeks of the season. And he's been bad. I shouldn't say bad. He's been a wide receiver three in fantasy for 10-team leagues in two of the last three years, aside from that monster season he had two years ago. Again, you're talking about risk-reward here, and I just I don't like Tampa's offense at all. I don't like that team at all. You can go back and listen to how many wins Jake and I think they're going to end up with on our podcast from Friday where we did the NFC team totals. 
this is just a reflection of Tampa as a team. It's not a reflection of Mike Evans and his talent, but I have him as 13th. I have same reason. I have a lot of concerns. Jake, your thoughts on Mike Evans. One of us is going to be right and one of us is going to be wrong here. I obviously like Tampa a little bit more than Jamie does. I don't like him as much as what I picked on Friday. I don't think it's, I've kind of scared myself for an, you know, an old takes coming later. Um, I like Jameis. Deshaun Jackson is still there. I'm betting on Ronald Jones being a deep play threat and taking a little bit of the pressure off Mike Evans that he can be more of a possession guy and still that big, big play threat. When Jameis gets back, I just think the potential is there. And, I, you know, now we're getting into this this level, and I'm glad we're talking about this, where you're talking about, okay, Stephon Diggs, T.Y. Hilton, Mike Evans, the next couple guys. You're almost going off guys that you like or that you've had in the past who have been good, and maybe there's some stuff that changed on the offense. Maybe there's not. But you're kind of getting into this – this risky territory anyway. So I think Mike Evans compared to some of these other guys we're going to talk about is, is risky maybe, but I think the upside might be there as much as any of these guys we're going to talk about. For sure. The talent is definitely there. The offense is the biggest concern for me and obviously for Jamie as well. Tyree kill number 12 for me. And I wanted to skyrocket him after watching one play where he caught a 69 yard bomb from I was we know the boy can run he is the fastest player probably in the NFL on the offensive side of the ball he's unbelievable to watch and Patrick Mahomes is now throwing the football he's going to be the beneficiary of the fact that Patrick Mahomes can throw a stupid level of football he's also going to throw a lot of interceptions but that doesn't impact Tyreek Hill I like him at 12 he ends out my top 12 um, and I feel very confident even more so confident seeing as I made these rankings before I watched him play in that football game. Jamie, I'll let you go. Yeah, I love Tyreek Hill. He's number 10 for me, so he, yeah. he rounds out my top 10. Obviously, he, the splash plays are there for him. They're going to find ways to get the ball in his hand. They did last year. He finished eighth among wide receivers in fantasy points per game. And Again, I think the potential is there for even more. I mean, I, Patrick Mahomes' ability to throw that deep ball is going to involve Tyreek Hill. Uh, even though, again, Tyreek Hill's game involves just as many slants and plays out of the backfield as it does those deep threats on the nine route. But I, I really like him a lot. I think he's going to be one of those guys that actually can win you two or three weeks this season basically on his own. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, you guys know that I, I'm, a, I'm big on Patrick Mahomes, and now I'm a lot big, I'm a lot higher on him after that same play Paige was talking about. And I'm going, okay, maybe 13 is a little low here for Tyreek Hill. The only reason I put him that low is you still have Kelsey. They still love to run the ball. Andy Reid likes to spread it around. And you have Sammy Watkins playing on this offense. So my went, I dropped him a little bit being target dependent, but he's not really a target guy anyway. He's a big play threat that takes it to the house anytime he touches it, like Jamie said, whether it's a bubble screen or he's going deep. I probably have him a little low here, but there's a, again, you got a lot of weapons on this team and who's going to get all the touches you could, I could take him as high as seven or eight and feel really good about it. I probably have him a little bit lower than, than I should. Um, And I'm trying to make an argument for that, but a great player who's going to be a highlight reel every week. And I think this is important because as we're going through these players in order, it's not just about their talent. Because when you're going through fantasy drafts, you're going to be having these own internal conflicts in your own mind. Uh, And as you're seeing receivers come off the board of guys you're really confident in, that next tier where you really like, just hope they stay healthy. And then these guys where you're going to have to kind of decide who are your guys? Who are you willing to take a risk on? Do you think – there's a higher upside for Tyreek Hill than a Stephon Diggs. Do you do you want to be the one that says, I'm going to take a chance that Luck stays healthy and that Hilton could be a top five wide receiver? Do I think Mike Evans is being undervalued? These are the kind of arguments you're going to have to have in your own head. 
So, I mean, to take what we're saying here and kind of look up some of the points that we're making and kind of decide what fits best for your fantasy team. I also like looking at just football. And Jake talks a lot about this too. What offenses, what teams do you like? Whose schedule do you like? Look at matchups. See what teams look better. If you're looking at these this next grouping of players, you can differentiate guys based off the fact that you like a schedule for a team much better than you like another one. Or you like a quarterback who's throwing the football. I mean, that's my whole reason for liking Devontae Adams is Aaron Rodgers is throwing him the football. Next up on my list is Adam Thielen. I'm putting him at 13. I, I moved Cooper Cup down one spot, and I put Adam Thielen up. I like Adam Thielen. I had him on my fantasy team last year, and I think the only reason he's not in my top 12 is because Stephon Diggs is there. Otherwise, I would really like him. But I think Kirk Cousins is an upgrade in the quarterback position. They're going to sling the ball around. Yeah, I'll, I'll take this one first. I, I love Thielen. You guys know that. I wish I'd had him last year. The great thing about him with Cousins that I think is going to develop throughout the years, Kirk Cousins has a lot of touch. And Thielen runs a lot of these little intermediate slants to the boundary, kind of over the shoulder kind of thing. He catches really good. Now, last year, he was throwing a lot of really nice balls. But I think Cousins and him are going to match up later on in some different kind of stuff as that as that relationship develops. I, again, big year, big offense. And to toot our own horn a little bit, going back to what Jamie was just saying, I mean, I think the great thing about this show is looking at this stuff in very different points of view. Now, you don't have to – you could agree with one of us and disagree with one of us, but if you listen to everything being said, there's a lot of information here from a lot of different angles that I think is the really cool thing to toot our own horns and make this show unique that gives people a ton of information that's not just fantasy-based analytics. There's some other stuff going on. I, I, I'm just going to brag on us for a minute. Thank you, Jake. We love that. We'll take that. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll take that. Jamie, what are your thoughts yeah, I, on Adam Thielen? I, I have Thielen 11. I think that Vikings offense is going to be really, really good. That passing game is going to be excellent. I just, again, it, it's to me, I think there's a little bit more upside in the, let's say, the Tyree Kills of the world and Stephon Diggs of the world, which is why I have both of them ahead. But he's number 11 for me. I don't think you can go wrong. That's where he finished last season. I don't think he regresses. Cooper Cup, number 14 for me, the LA Rams. That offense is going to sling the ball around quite a bit. You know what Sean McVay is going to do, but that offense runs through Todd Gurley. So that is why I don't like any of their guys up in the top because Todd Gurley is the number one option in that offense, and it's not close. Jake, what are your thoughts on Cooper Cup? Love the player. I've got him at 17. A little bit of an old-school possession guy. He's a little bit more explosive than that. He's, he's okay run after the catch, but the reason I do like him is him and Goff are super tight. They're tight off the field. They're really good friends. They bonded quickly as rookies together uh, or the, the next year when Cooper Cup was a rookie, but they they just bonded quickly. And they had that same thing I was talking about with T.Y. and Andrew. That translates to production. Now, it might be a five-yard catch, but in PPR, he's going to have more targets than anybody else on this team. So I'm, I've got him at 17 because I don't like the big playability, but really solid player. Yeah, and to me, this is now you're starting to get into the little bit more, even more risky territory. Uh, Cooper Cup, he's number 15 for me, was awesome again in that, in that loss against Atlanta in the playoffs. I thought he was really strong in the second half of the year. I think he's going to have a really, really, really big season. And I, I know some people saying taking him in the top 15 is a little bit high, but uh, I just have a gut feeling on this one. I think he's going to – somebody on that Rams receiving core is going is to put up numbers, and I have seen no reason why it's not going to be him. I think he is the most – his path to targets are more consistent than anybody else on that team. All right, I called another audible because I meant to update my rankings over the weekend. Number 15 for me is Jarvis Landry. Maybe it's because I'm buying the hype train of hard knocks, or maybe it's because I had Jarvis Landry on my team last year. But 
I like Jarvis Landry a lot individually. I actually love Tyrod Taylor, uh, and I'm calling him Tyrod because I've seen his name be called a hundred different things, but it looks like Tyrod, so I'm calling him Tyrod. Jamie, I'll let you go. Jarvis Landry for me, uh, ending my top 15. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to move him up as well. Uh, he's. I just wanted to see how that quarterback situation played out when we initially did this rankings. Uh, now I feel confident that, at least early in the season, that Tyrod will be more than capable to, to getting Jarvis Landry the ball until Baker Mayfield's the one that's getting Jarvis Landry the ball. Uh, he's a stud. He's finished 13th, 15th, and 5th in the last three years in fantasy points per game. It's not like he's been playing with an elite quarterback either in that time. So I, I'm really excited for Jarvis Landry. I think you'd be very happy with him as your number two wide receiver in fantasy. Jake, your thoughts on Jarvis? Oh, I obviously like him, and you guys are coming around. I've got him at 12. I might move him up higher than that. A couple stats for you. The all-time NFL leader in the most catches in the first four years in the history in his career, and it's not even close. Like, he crushed it. 80% of those catches are within four yards of the line of scrimmage. That equals PPR production to, to no other. Run after the catch ability is huge. They now have big play guys, and it's not like Tannehill was that much better than either one of those guys that are throwing it to him now. Huge year. He's motivated. He got paid. His best friend is Odell Beckham Jr., who he thinks he needs to keep up with. He has another top five season, top eight season. I might move him up to 10. I've got him at 12, so obviously I have him a little higher than you guys now, but those stats don't lie, and it's not like he had a world beater throwing him the ball in Miami for four years. No, I think, and and the more I've watched, and I know I just said that maybe it's hard knocks that's that's making me like him, but the ability to put him in a role where he feels some sense of responsibility, he's leading that wide receiver room. There's he's, he's supposed to take a couple of the guys under his wing. He got challenged by Todd Haley to act like Larry Fitzgerald. I think all that is good for him. I think that's motivating for him. And maybe it's because I like Cleveland a little bit more. And I think everybody's riding the Cleveland train. So I don't feel bad about getting cold taked on it because I think everybody's aboard the, the Cleveland train at this point. Number Hell, 16. I started the Cleveland train before they traded for him last spring. I said they'd win eight games before they picked up him and Tyrod, so I'm obviously on that too. I agree with you. I'll give you, I'll give you credit there. You were on the Cleveland train halfway through the last season just because you saw a lot of, of – listen, they played in a lot of close games. They were really close to being a good team last year. They just – we got to see wins on the board this year for Cleveland. Number 16, Doug Baldwin for myself. For Jamie, Jake, you like him a little bit more than that. Uh, looks like he there was an injury concern, but as of right now, it does say that he will be back for week one and he will be playing week one. I like Doug Baldwin. I like Seattle's offense, um, but I don't have him in my top 15. Jake, what are your thoughts on Doug Baldwin? Well, for this team to win, it's got to go through the quarterback. This is the quarterback safety blanket, one of his best friends, another big-time run-after-the-catch option, but can also get deep. I think he is – target dependent, but I think he dominates the targets by far on this team. And I think this offense, while I think they're going to run it a lot more, I think he's going to be the beneficiary of that and some easier catches. I just um, I, kind of going on my gut in this second tier as well. I just, I like the connection that he has with Russell Wilson. There's too many plays where Russell runs around and Doug Baldwin having that chemistry of being able to move after the pocket breaks down is huge. That just adds to 20 yard catches one time after another, and I think that continues. Yeah, I think that continues as well. I mean, again, somebody Wilson's going to be throwing the ball to somebody. 
Baldwin's been pretty consistent, finishing in the top 15, three straight years, a wide receiver. I think there's no reason why he can't finish in this middle of the teens range as well. Uh, again, it's not not an overly sexy pick, not overly exciting. I don't think he's got top 10 upside anymore, but I think it's a pretty safe pick here as your wide receiver too. All right, number 17, Demarius Thomas. Uh, I love Demarius in previous years. He hasn't ever been the same guy that that top-ranked guy since Peyton Manning hasn't been there. Now, I do like the upgrade in Case Keenum. At least you have a consistent quarterback throwing you the football this year. But 17 is about where I see him. Jamie, you have him a little higher, so I'll let you go talk about Demarius Thomas. Yeah, actually, he's the one I end up switching with Jarvis Landry, so I have him right there at 18. Again, I think that Denver offense is going to be a little bit better than people are anticipating. Um, Demarius Thomas, even with just complete nobody's a quarterback the last couple years, has been bordering on wide receiver two territory. Um, I think Case Keenum is going to be able to be at least – better than what they've had there as they continue to boo Paxton Lynch out of the building every time he shows up on, in, the, in the stadium. Uh, again, I think there's – again, I don't think there's top 10 upside here. I think you, if you're looking to take a flyer on somebody that you think could finish in the top five or top eight, it's not Demarius Thomas. But I think he's a very safe pick here uh, as your wide receiver too with somewhere between 16 and 18. Jake, your thoughts on Demarius Thomas? I've got him at 19, and I might drop it more than that. From everything I'm hearing, Cortland Sutton is absolutely tearing it up, their first-round pick from SMU receiver out there. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, who I love. I'm just a little bit worried about him getting a little older in his injury history. I'd, I'd have Emmanuel Sanders. I don't have him on this list, but I'd have him in my early 30s. Uh, so they've got three legit weapons. I agree with Jamie. The offense is going to be better. I don't know that he is definitely the guy that benefits from that the most. I would. There's three or four guys I'm looking at this list right behind him that we're going to talk about that I'd much rather have than Demarius Thomas. All right, Amari Cooper, my number 18. This is the guy who has – we've heard all about him being a top-tier guy. Last season was a atrocious season for Amari Cooper. Uh, a lot of people have him as a bounce-back candidate of the year this year. I am definitely not in that category. Uh, 18, and I don't feel good about it. That's the way I would describe it. Jamie, I'll let you go first. Your thoughts on Amari Cooper? I have him even lower. I have him at 23. Uh he is talented, but I think if there's one thing that I could pound my fist on the table about being right last season when we did our show was that avoid Amari Cooper at all costs. I just – I don't think he's quite the player people continue to think he is. I don't think he's never really been as productive as people want him to be. He hasn't been a top 15 wide receiver in any of the last three years. He's actually been a wide receiver three, and last year was a wide receiver four. To me, I just – I can't take him in the top 20. I'm willing to be wrong on Amari Cooper. I just – I need to see him actually consistently be a wide receiver two for me to ever give up the draft capital where he's going in all of the leagues, it seems like, for the last three years. Jake, your thoughts on Amari Cooper. You have him much higher, so I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Well, I've got him at 16, and here's why. I was living in Alabama when he was a big-time recruit and went there. I know the talent. I've seen the talent. I love the quarterback and Derek Carr, new head coach. I love the offensive staff. I think he's remotivated. I think he's definitely the number one. I think Crabtree in the locker room was part of the issue last year because he's not a guy with bad hands, and he dropped the ball every week. I think it was a motivation thing because he is extremely talented with really, really solid hands. He's now the one. I also think having Jordy Nelson, I think Jordy Nelson's got some gas left in the tank, being able to run – helps somebody else. It's not just him going deep all that. Because Crabtree can't run. He's a possession guy. I think he benefits from all that. I think he bounces back. He's definitely the number one guy there now. Now, if he doesn't do it this year and he's healthy, then we can talk about him being almost being a bust. But I, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I just I, My history with him goes back a little bit farther, and I think he bounces back and has a really solid year. 
Number 19 on my list, Brandon Cooks. Uh, one short season in New England and moves his way over to the L.A. Rams. I think this is an interesting play here with Jared Goff to see how he fits in the offense. The only reason I don't have him higher is because I haven't seen it yet. That's that's my concern. I, ha- I know, like I said earlier, the reason Cooper Cup isn't higher for me is because Todd Gurley's there, and that's the reason Brandon Cooks isn't that high for me because he's a new part of this offense, and I don't know where the targets are going to come. So 19 for me, I feel confident putting him there and, and drafting him in that position. Jamie, your thoughts on Brandon Cooks? Yeah, I have him right there. I have him at number 20. I, I want to see how many weapons this Rams offense can sustain and have fantasy relevant value for. But just the talent's been there. He's been very productive the last three years. Wide receiver two, wide receiver one, and wide receiver two in the last three years. Uh, just again, I, I'm just like you, I'm curious to see what that offense can do. What is the upside of that offense and who is going to be left out in the cold because they're not going to be throwing team like New England was or what New Orleans was when Cooks has been, was been there. So I, I got to see what that looks like. And if it looks like the Sammy Watkins type season, then that's somebody that you're going to be very disappointed with if you're taking him uh, in the middle rounds. Jake, your thoughts on Cooks? So I'm going to pull the curtain back and give you a little insight again here. Uh, the Cardinals coaches, when he was coming out of Oregon State, absolutely loved him. Now, he was kind of just a deep threat, and last year he was kind of just a deep threat, but he really was a super high production guy in college. I think that the guy that's going to be left down the cold is Robert Woods, who's basically just a possession guy now, running slants and comebacks and stuff like that. Brandon Cooks is a much more well-rounded receiver than he's really had the chance to show the last couple of years. I've got him at 18 because I agree with Jamie. I, I still want to see it. But going back to people that I really trust, that were really, really high on him when he's come out, and he's had a lot of production since then, he's kind of that guy that's sitting right there that if you took at this level in your draft, you could have hit an absolute home run. Number 20 on the list is Juju Smith-Schuster. I love Juju. I had him on my team last year. Uh, I love this offense, and that's that's all you need to know. I love Antonio Brown. I love Juju. And I might even like James Washington, who they seem to be able to draft and develop wide receivers in Pittsburgh. That's I, not not named Sammy Coates. That's not named Sammy Coates, but this is exciting. This is an exciting time for them. And I, I Juju's been in a huge part of the offense last year already. You saw him. That's the reason Martavis Bryant is no longer in uh, in Pittsburgh. Jamie, your thoughts on Juju? Love Juju as well. I have him at 19 for me. I, I do have some moderate concern about okay now the league is seeing you you're not sneaking up on anybody you're now a focal point in that Steelers offense no he's not Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown but he's still a big focal point of that offense how is he going to perform there but he finished in the top 20 as a rookie I have no reason to believe if he's healthy and with the way that Steelers run their offense that he can't finish in the top 20 once again Jake your thoughts on Juju solid 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 number two love the player he looked a little bit faster to me this year uh, again, coming out, rookie year, long year, first chance for an offseason. I know Ben really, really likes him. Ben's really high on him, feels really comfortable with him, has a lot of chemistry with him. I don't think he has that yet with James Washington. That might develop later on, but I think Juju is is the beneficiary of a lot of defenses going towards Antonio Brown and trying to stop Le'Veon Bell. A lot of single coverage. If he is a little bit faster like I've seen so far or a little quicker, he's a big guy, run after the catch abilities there, of course. I'm, I'm high on him. I think that's another one. If you get this point in your draft, you're going to be really excited about. This one has a lot less risk to me than some of the other guys we've talked about. There's two guys here that I thought about putting here, and we'll go with one of them, and that is Corey Davis, 21 overall. Jake, I'll let you go first. Your thoughts on Corey Davis this season? I've got him at 23, uh, big-time talent. I'm not a huge fan of the team. I don't know what they're going to run. I don't know what this offense is going to look like. I'm still questionable on Mariota. 
Um, and he was coming out of small school. Now he's a big athletic freak, big hands, catches everything. Apparently he's the dude, but he's got to prove that. And I think this is taking a flyer. Uh, I mean, if you got him and Juju on the board, there's no question to me who I'm taking, even though Corey Davis probably wanted to be in the number one option on that team. I think Juju's a much safer pick here. Yeah, I have Corey Davis 29 for me. Again, supremely talented, but as Jake said, I don't like the offense. Uh, I don't like the quarterback. I need to see it. I need to see it here. And I think that's there are a handful of guys that I would take above him that I actually have seen better production from that I just feel more comfortable taking there. Number 22, uh, we're almost across the board here, and Jamie likes him a little more. Golden Tate. Like Matthew Stafford, that's pretty much all I need to say about Golden Tate. Jamie, I'll let you go first. Your thoughts on Golden Tate this season? Yeah, it's been sneaky productive. I think he, he's not super flashy. I don't think he's going to – you know, he's not going to make a ton of highlight videos, but he's just been productive. He's been a wide receiver too each of the last two years. There's no reason to believe his targets are going to go down or his production is going to go down. Again, you're not going to wow anybody on draft day when you take Golden Tate, but he's going to be a very productive wide receiver for you. You're going to be very happy taking him. Jake, your thoughts on Golden Tate? Less flashy Jarvis Landry. Ton of catches right at the line of scrimmage. Very good run after the catch. A lot of targets. Love Matthew Stafford. Uh, he's just forgotten because he's in Detroit. I mean, if you get him at this point in your draft, yeah, it might not wow anybody, but they'll be wow when you kick their ass when you're playing because he's going to put up numbers. He's going to be solid. He is just – he's not going to have a super low week, and he may not have a super high week, but there's going to be a lot of production that's just steady from him because there's going to be plenty of targets. Yeah, I like him and I like Marvin Jones, who I have a little outside my top 25, but I actually might be moving him up a little bit because I like that offense and I like Stafford slinging the ball around. Number 23 uh, for me, and uh, I almost put him a little bit higher and probably feel comfortable doing that. Maybe it's because I live in Arizona, but when you talk about steady production, that is Larry Fitzgerald. They don't have a lot of other options there. Christian Kirk, yeah, sure, he's a rookie. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald's still the number one guy there. And if Sam Bradford stays healthy, he can get the ball to Larry plenty. And honestly, at this point in Larry's career, how many different quarterbacks we have to see throwing him the football to know that he's going to get his numbers. And he wants to break those wide receiving records. So I know he's going to get the ball. Jake, I'll let you go first. What are your thoughts on Fitzgerald? One, he's a first ballot Hall of Fame player, first ballot Hall of Fame person, one of my favorite people ever. Everybody knows that, but he's not the same guy. I've got a lot of questions on how he's going to be used because he is very defensive dependent on production. Now, if he play, if you play zone against him, Larry's going to get plenty of catches. If he's still playing the slot and they're still using him the way they've used him the past three years, we had three of the best years of his career. He's not a man-to-man guy anymore. He's easily covered. He can't really run like he used to. Still a huge catch radius. radius. He catches everything that's thrown at him. Um but who's throwing it again, the offensive line, what this offense is going to look like. There's a ton of question marks. I, I'd love to have him on my team, but he's probably sitting on the bench and he's going to be matchup dependent on who you're playing. Yeah, I think his top 10 upside is gone. I mean, I have a little bit higher than you guys. I am at 17. I know we finished fifth last year, but that top 10 upside is gone. Um, I don't know what that offense is going to look like yet. Again, it's a whole new regime there. Uh, I just I don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be like on a week to week basis, and I think that they're, we're going to enter a lot of weeks where Sam Bradford is going to have the nice little you know cue next to his name, and we're going to be thinking as we get into Friday and Saturday who's playing quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday. Uh, again, to me, this is he just goes back into the more safe value. I think he's a wide receiver too, with not a ton of upside, but I think you know he's going to get his volume of targets. Again, it's not the sexy pick it was in years past, but I think it's just, it's a, you know, you're in that Doug Baldwin range of like, you're probably going to get production from him, but it's not going to be 
the type of production that you used to get where he could win you some weeks with just his volume alone. No, he's got good yeah, value. See, I, I disagree with that. I've, I've got him way farther down than Doug Baldwin. The, the big playability, I don't see being there. I think the targets could be questionable because I think a lot of it's going to be forced throws where he's not necessarily open. It's just they don't have anything else to throw to. And I don't know that that's going to lead to production. I, I, I'm a little bit leery as much as I love him, and you all know that. This is not a knock on Larry at all. It's I don't know how good they're going to be. I think a lot of his stuff is going to be forced throws that are at him where he's not necessarily open. I don't know that leads to production. All right, Jake and I agree. Chris Hogan, 24, and uh, that has a lot to do with the fact that Julian Edelman is not going to be playing the first four weeks of the season, and Tom Brady's number one option outside of Gronkowski is going to be Chris Hogan. Jake, what are your thoughts on Chris Hogan? And then I'll let Jamie uh, tell you why he doesn't have him in his top 25. He has chemistry with Tom Brady. That's that's enough to be said, but he's really turned himself into a pretty well-rounded receiver. Cooks is gone. He can be a deep threat. He's shown that. He's turned into a guy that can that can make them run some comebacks, some different routes, that kind of stuff. And he's just been really productive. And he has that chemistry with Tom Brady. I don't need to see much more than that. Yeah, I hope it just outside my top 30. I'm at 31. He's shown his he's really improved as a player in recent years, but even with Edelman out for the entire season. Um, so I think with, with getting Edelman back by week five, I just don't think he's going to be wide receiver two production. A pretty safe pick there, a guy that I would like on my team as kind of a fill-in, maybe in the conversation for a flex play there. But to me, I just I, I don't see because last year was probably the best case scenario for him targets-wise, and even then he wasn't a wide receiver two. Rounding out the top 25, Allen Robinson. Jamie has him a little higher. Jake has him a little lower. Uh, Jake, I'll let you go first here. What is your reasoning? Uh, what do you like about Allen Robinson? Why do you not have him in your top 25? Solid player, injury history. And to be completely honest, when I saw his name, I went, who the hell is he playing for? That didn't scream top 25 to me. I had to sit there and think about it for a minute, changing teams and moving around. And I, There's other guys that I like a lot better here that are, that are going to be lower that I just think, like Randall Cobb, I've got a little bit below this. But somebody's going to have to get other targets with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I just think you have a lot better options here than taking Allen Robinson there. I've got him at 32. Yeah, and this is a risky pick. I mean, I think you're, you're taking this pick hoping maybe that he turns into the – he can replicate what he did three years ago. Maybe that he is the guy that's going to get all the targets and you know, all the non-Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen targets in the Bears offense. Uh, to me, I think there's potential wide receiver to upside here, so I might be willing to take the risk here. And then I think you're starting to get a lot of question marks and receivers behind him. But, yeah, I don't blame Jake or really anybody else from shying away here and saying, you know what, I'm going to go with a little bit safer option, especially at this point if this you're looking at wide receiver three territory where you just want a safer option. Maybe if you've missed on receivers and you need to go high upside here, you take a shot at him at wide receiver two. But I, I can see both sides here, but I, I like the chance here that he could actually get a lot of the targets in that offense. Yeah, the, the upside here is in that offense he is the wide receiver one, whereas I'm looking at all the other guys underneath him, and those guys are all the second or third option in their offense. So from a target standpoint, he should be getting the football, which you like, which is why he rounds out my top 25. Guys, we're That's assuming they're going to throw it more than 20 times a game, though, Paige. Now, this is, this well, is your team we're talking about. Yeah, Matt Nagy's new head coach, Jake. If uh, John Fox was still there, he Allen Robinson's not in the top twenty-five. That's for sure. It's still, still the Bears. It's still going to be going through the running game. If they're throwing it 30, 35 times a game, okay, different story. Being the number one target, but the number two target on some of these teams is still going to have more more chances to catch the ball than he is. That's we'll see. That's why we disagree. We'll we will see. We will see. I love it. 
we will see how this goes. If you want to read the rest of our rankings, we went all the way through 40. You can read them on scoutfantasysports.com. That's where you'll be able to see all the rankings. Jake, how can everybody follow you on Twitter and Instagram? Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Jake Arians on Instagram. And I will admittedly admit or throw this out that I forgot a couple guys on my list that I'm looking at, uh, looking at Jamie's here, uh, a couple guys that I really like. But, uh, yeah, those, those are my Instagram and Twitter names. Uh, me, I, I am J.M.E. Eisner on Twitter and Instagram. And I am at the underscore sports page with an I. Uh, thank you for listening to the pod, Jake. Jamie, we'll be back Wednesday. Uh, this is the TD Fantasy Podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.